everyone, this is Nichelle Anderson. I'm your host for my podcast show, Nichelle Anderson Short Stories and Beyond, as well as my other podcast, which is Surviving Your Journey Towards Success. All right, so I'm going to read the next essay that I have focused on from Dr. W.B. Du Bois of our spiritual strivings. All right, so this is focusing on my the power of reading week. We focus on the power of books and how it can motivate you. So I do like W.B. Du Bois. He's one of my favorite person in history because he was an educator, definitely cared about the education and reading and writing and doing the best that you can. His timeline was doing where it was a lot of discrimination based on the color line, as he like he was famously said. And this particular essay, we're going to focus on that. I'm going to read a poem. He usually have the poem underneath his title, and he'll have like a melody, musical type, a sheet here underneath. And then he starts his essay. So I'm going to read just a few pages. It's going to be part one, and then I'll do another part to continue on, because his essays are long. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, hmm, I'm going to figure that out. So this would be the best way, and then I'll post when I'll be reading the second part of each of the previous other essays that I started, okay? All right, so let's get into this. And let's begin. Of our spiritual strivings, the poem reads, O water, voice of my heart crying in the sand all night long crying with a mournful mournful cry as i lie and listen and cannot understand the voice of my heart in my side or the voice of the sea oh water crying for rest is it i is it i all night long the water was crying to me unresting water there shall never be rest till the last moon grew and the last tide fell and the fire of the end began to burn in the west. And the heart shall be weary and wonder and cry like the sea, all life long crying without avail, as the water all night long is crying to me. It is signed Arthur Simmons. And now we begin the essay of Dr. W.B. Du Bois of our spiritual strivings. Between me and the other world, there was ever an unasked question, unasked by some through feelings of delicacy, by others through the difficulty of rightly framing it, all nonetheless fluttered around it. They approached me in a half-hesitant sort of way, I, me curiously or compassionately, and then instead of saying directly, how does it feel to be a problem, they say, I knew an excellent colored man in my town, or I fought at Mechanicsville. Or, do not these sudden outrages make you boil? At these I smile, or aim interested, or reduce the boiling to a summer, as the occasion may require. To the real question, how does it feel to be a problem? I answer seldom a word, and yet being a problem is a strange experience, peculiar even for one who has never been anything else, save perhaps in babyhood and in Europe. It is in the early days of Wallach and boyhood that the revelation First verse upon one, all in a day, as it were. I remember well when the shadow swept across me. I was a little thing away up in the hills of New England, where the dark, hostile, where the winds between Kozik and Tamakana to the sea. 
in a wee wooden schoolhouse, something put it into the boys' and girls' heads to buy gorgeous visiting cards, ten cents a package in exchange. The exchange was merry, till one girl, tall newcomer, refused my card, refused it prematurely with a glance. Then it dawned upon me with a certain suddenness that I was different from the others. Or like may have been hard in life and longing, but shut out from their world by a vast veil. I had thereafter no desire to tear down that veil to creep through. I held all behind it in common contempt and lived above it in a region of blue sky and great wandering shadows. That sky was bluest when I could beat my mates at it. Exclamation at time or beat them at a foot race or stringing heads alas with the years all this fine contentment began to fade. For the words I longed for and all their dazzling opportunities were theirs not mine. But they should not keep these prizes. I said some all I would rest with with them. I, just how I would do it I, I could never decide. By reading the law, by healing the sick, by telling the wonderful tales that swam in my head, some way. With other black boys, the strife was not so fiercely sunny there. You shrunk into tasteless suffocancy or into silent hatred of the pale world about. Hatred of the world about them it doesn't look like them. And mocking distrust of everything that's right or not or racing itself in a bitter cry. Why did God make me an outcast and a stranger in my own house? The shades of the prison house closed around about us all, walls straight and stubborn, to the right is or not, but relentlessly narrow, tall and unscalable to sons of night, who must plod darkly on the resonation or beat unavailable palms against the stone or steadily half helplessly watch the streak of blue above, after the Egyptian and Indian and the Greek and the, and the Roman, tilting and monogling, the Negro is a sort of seventh son, born with a mill and gifted with second sight in this American world, a world which yields him no true self-consciousness, but only lets him see himself through the revelation of the other world. It is a curious sensation, this double consciousness, this, this sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity. Whoever feels his tallness and his tuneness in America and a Negro, two souls, two thoughts, two unconciled, unreconciled strivings, two worrying ideas in one dark body whose dark strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. The history of the American Negro is the history of this strife, this longing to attain self-consciousness manhood, to merge his double self into a better and truer self, and this merging he wishes neither of the older selves to be lost. He will not Africanize America, for America has too much to teach the world in Africa. He will not bleach his Negro soul in a flood of white Americanism, for he knows that Negro has a message for the world. He simply wishes to make it possible for a man to be both a Negro and an American without being cursed and spit upon by his fellows, without having the doors of opportunity closed roughly in his face. This then is the end of his striving to be a co-worker in the kingdom of culture, to escape both, no isolation to husband and use his best powers and his latent geniuses. These powers of body and mind have in the past been strangely wasted, dispersed or forgotten. The shadow of a mighty Negro past flits through the tale of Ethiopia, the shadowy end of Egypt, the Sphinx.
through history, the powers of the single black man flash here and there like fallen stars and, and not sometimes before the world has rightly guards their brightness. Here in America in the few days since emancipation, the black man's turning hither and thither and hesitant and doubtful. Striving has often made his very strength to lose effectiveness, to seem like absence of power, like weakness, and yet it is not weakness. It is a contradiction of double aims. Double aim struggle of the black artisan on, on the one hand to escape right contempt for a nation of mere hearers of wood and drawers of water. And on the other hand, all right. So that concludes of our spiritual strivings essay by Dr. W. B. Du Bois. Thank you so much for joining me for this week, where I'm focusing on the power of reading. I hope you enjoyed where I'm reading his essays. They are powerful. It's 2022. It's over 100 years that he wrote it. But we still have those underlying issues. It's just done in a different way. I think that we have came, at least some pockets of the civilization of humanity, different races come together and understand that we want to evolve. And then we have the other that's presenting itself in a different way that it's still there. So... This is a way to kind of not only talk about history, but just kind of go into that time castle of what they was going through and how it manifests over the years and how long it's been to even get to this point where you do see different races in the sense of working together, trying to fix it, want to fix it, particularly when a lot of, of different races, you know, married into one as a family or, you know, work together, became friends, or just really kicked this all beyond the color line. So they're over it. But you still have that segment that kind of manifests in what we see this broadcast that is still going on in a different way. So my whole main purpose for this week was to focus on reading in the light of February where we do. It's a tradition to focus on black history because that was denied us for so long. So that tradition moves on every year. But also focus on a particular person in history that I admired because he went there and he did it in an intellectual way by pulling off the band-aid and said, this is what we're dealing with, you know? Let's talk about it in a way and talk, get it a different perspective so we can get a better understanding. All right, so that concludes today of reading. I'm an essay by Dr. W. B. Royce. I hope you enjoy this. I did reading it. I will post the part two of this essay that I will read. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it and share it, what have you, if you like, and put some thought to that of the power of reading. Thank you so much. See you in the next one.